We here at the Canadian Pyrocast love everyone and everything on Earth. But we also believe that everyone and everything should be mocked, lampooned, satired, parodied, and poked on at, because that's a quality. This program is not for children or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. So I was biking up by, it was at the uh, down 5th Street across the uh, Bridge of No Return. And there was a rally in the plaza that's by the, what's it, um, the, the is it the Philbrook Center? What's that art place? The Sid Williams? Sid Williams Theater, shit, that's what it's called. Yeah, so there's a, a, a rally in the plaza. They had a couple signs up. I took pictures of it, and I want to, I'll, I'll figure out what it was for the next episode specifically. But it seemed to be a rally for the, I guess, the restrictions that the BC government has put down on COVID. And they're just saying how like restrictions were supposed to be lifted on July first, and I guess they haven't haven't been lifted enough. So there's a rally of uh, people for that in the plaza there. And what I found hilarious about it is it was mostly senior citizens that were there. I saw like two people that were oh, within the twenty to thirty age range. I think I've seen them there before. Yeah, it's there, and they might maybe they're the same like uh, hugs over masks people. Who knows? Unlikely, but but look kind of maybe in a similar affili- affiliation. But I guess what I find funny about these things is the same thing for like the restrictions because these restrictions are for the vulnerable population. Like there's the people that have not been vaccinated yet, and then there's elderly people, immunocompromised. There's a lot of factors with it, but it does seem for like a lot of these things, like where again I work with I work with people that deal with unstable housing. So there's. But they like we have restrictions in my workplace for wearing masks and a lot of tight stuff like that. But they're just out and about hanging out. They do whatever because I kind of get it. They don't like some of them do hard drugs. They don't give a shit about masks. Like and I, I kind of understand that, so to speak. The old people I don't get, but they're they're just visibly a huge part of this movement. So I think it's a funny. There's a funny irony in the whole thing with figuring this whole thing out with people, the 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 populations that are supposed to be the ones that these regulations are for are like fuck that shit. And so it's like, well, okay. Space, what's called? It's complicated, and freedom is complicated. I think it's a good time to cue the theme music. Take my hopes, sing and come and drown them. You don't have to win walls, do you much good? Welcome to the Canadian Pirate Cast. I am your host, Captain Beckham Kid. I'm Gummy Bear. Who is never announcing herself of her title. Never ever. How prestigious it is. The poor Just master. Just because it annoys you. <laughs> God damn it, yeah. That's, I, that's on me. Actually, I shouldn't do that. Well, you know, I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that, I hope my mega hat does annoys you a bit, too. So maybe we'll consider this a bit of me passive-aggressive revenging. I'm just going to tilt it to the side here, too. So I look fresh in my Make America Great Again hat. I'd like everyone to know that I'm wearing that right now. Also, clarified, not, I'm not a supporter of the Conservative Party or Donald Trump or anything. I love what this hat represents as a blip in history. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a joke to me. <laughs> but I look fly in this shit. So I just realized how lame I am. This, I feel like I feel I feel so lame is great. This is this is, this is I mean, I'm gonna take a picture of you right now. Oh god. Just don't post it on our actual Facebook. No. So you remember. I look quiet. Do I look quiet? Why you look right now? No, I look quiet. I look cute. <laughs> I look, look so quiet. What the weeps say, you know? 
Kawaii. Yeah, like that, because I refuse to say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's the stance I have. I, I will not say that that way. But I'll wear a fucking mega hat. That's not a lie for me. <laughs> okay, so I'm I am wearing this for a specific reason. I want to say it too. I'm not wearing this for that reason. I've decided that this is now my election year attire because there's an election coming up. If you haven't heard. Yay. Oh, a federal election. Sorry, I should clarify too. So we're picking a new leader for the great monarchy of Canada. Yay. So excited. Power so grab. again. Yeah, and then I, I called it, though. We talked about this last time. We did. Well, yeah, we suspected it, but it wasn't fully called yet, but it happened on Sunday, and it was a whole thing. But, like, we knew it. We all kind of knew it was going to happen because it was starting to get bombarded. I was getting bombarded with YouTube ads, but like, hey, we're the liberals. You know Canada, right? We did stuff. Remember what we did? Hey, that thing we did. We did this stuff, and we're going to do more stuff. Liberals. Not vote for liberals. BC Liberal Party. Like, they only put out propaganda like that when they want to do a thing. And it's, so it's just pretty transparent. I do not, I don't get political ads on YouTube. That's that's interesting. I, I think it's because of all the American news I haven't I seen watch. any of them. Well, like, I, 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 understand, like, I watch more, I watch Canadian stuff, too. Uh, it's just not as much, because, like, again, American politics is my junk food. But I, yeah, no, I don't get a lot either. Um, I, I didn't get the Willy Wonka one, which apparently, like, I want to I see that, but I can't. It got banned. Oh, yeah. I, I want to. I, I woke up to that, but it was apparently. find it somewhere. It's, it's, oh, I tried. It's like, well, hopefully. But it's basically, I'll it was portraying it. Justin Trudeau as Baruch Salt as the I want it now and I want this, which, again, I think is kind of hilarious, <laughs> but they didn't have the license to use that movie, and how dare they besmirch Gene Wilder, Legacy, my god, like, if anyone, so anyone does know, the uh, first Willy Wonka movie is the best one, and the Johnny Depp one is not, but that's just an opinion of mine, I would not want to impose on anybody. But so the whole thing election coming up, obviously, this is kind of a thing and it's an opportunity to pick a new leader and yada yada yada. And I can have some I have a, some opinions like my asshole about this whole about the whole premise of just calling an election like this that I'll, we'll talk about touch on later. So we decided to do this will be a bit of a different episode. Call this the pre-election special for Canadian Pirate Cast because we're going to listen to the debates. I want to listen to the debates in September and just see what the fuck happens. So we're going to do our regular episode where we will laugh Corrections Corner. Then we're going to go and talk about, we do the quick political compass test because those are always fun. And I, we did a couple different ones. We did like the libertarian one and the modern, the new Canada one for ours, which my, my results were fucking hilarious enough that I actually wrote them in detail because that made me laugh so hard. And then we'll be going kind of a bit of a mild, deep, little deep dive into each of the candidates uh, for the main parties that are kind of up for election here. So, and we didn't really care about the candidates we got. So like, honestly, Gummy Bear and I rolled dice over this, uh, just basically see who, who had to, who had to research who, but there were some unexpected twists and turns in this for both of us. So I got Justin Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh and Gummy Bear got Aaron O'Toole and Gummy Bear, who we'd like for president. Coming back for president, 2021. You have my vote. That's, that's, that'll be for our election special. Then, as always, we're going to do a 
Captain's Kitchens with the local food reviews for Bigfoot Donuts and their monthly donuts. I'm super effing excited about these. Like, I, I am so, I can't wait to share these it's with you guys. It's my favorite day. It's my favorite day. Donuts. Donut day. Go Jay. Thank you for running that place, man. They're opening up now. They're able to, they're, they're almost out. Like, I'm so glad I ordered them this morning because when I went in, they were out of a lot of stuff. So I was like, man, yeah, that's kind of, it's good though. That's good for them because they're able to open up more. They can have people inside again. And if they're one of my favorite businesses, I want to survive. The political compass test. So, okay, first I want to talk about the libertarian one that you first showed me first when we, when I, when we came in. So that one put me as libertarian left which I think is in the same quadrant as you, which is like the lowest left corner, which is, I don't know what that is. It's like the most social and most free government. Is that accurate? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. There are like weird things about the test, though, that kind of came off as like a little bit racist. I wasn't sure if you got the same thing as me. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but there are some questions that seemed like, it's basically a question is like, are you basically xenophobic or not? What's the question without saying it yeah. so clear? Yeah, that's yeah, like, I don't, I don't uh, it confused me because I was like, I didn't feel like an issue, the issue was, uh, anyway, though. But yeah, so it picked me as, like, as low government and high social issues or, like, okay or progressiveness or whatever. But I, well, maybe I'm maybe wrong about that one. And the reason why we decided also to take, I thought we should take different political compass tests is because they all, they're all made by people with, like, a perspective, right? So none of them are, like, completely accurate either. So they kind of, you know, it's worth getting different stuff. Then I took another one with a random or random political one from like it was a couple of years ago. And it said I was in this order. I was NDP, Lib, Lib Green, Communist, Conservative, and then Libertarian. Okay. And so that one just confused me. What were your results, Gummy Bear, for the first like Libertarian ones? Yeah, um, I'm in the Green. I'm in the Green quadrant. <laughs> like pretty much in the middle so it seems that like socially you're left but you're like lore you're more libertarian as opposed to authoritarian so less regulation over more regulation according to the test yeah. according to the test that tells you what you think <laughs> okay what were your results for the new cbc 2021 political compass test which is like the i guess the big one in canada so i'm like left-leaning socially and then i'm smack dab in the middle of conservative and progressive okay or no that's okay i'm left-leaning economic i guess okay. and then right in the middle socially of both somehow and can you keep that up because i don't have my picture there but i do know where mine is but and I, I here's my, mine got really funny, but I ended up the same way where what well, actually kind of had me weird. It was like I was deeper in the had me labeled more in the deeper conservative side for economic for economics, so lower on the scale, and also deeper on the conservative side for socially left. So saying I'm like I'm more conservative about about like progressiveness and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Which I don't agree with, because again, like I think that my because I'm like I'm very progressive socially. Like I don't care what like gay trans or it's any people that want to do. 
No, and this is where I mean, like, this is a quick clarifying where my stance, but here's what came up is what interesting after, but I basically, but like, I'm social issues that I'm giving a shit what people do. I care a lot about personal freedoms, like not having the government like pick and choose content because it's more Canadian than not, like the Bill C-10 thing and shit like that, right? Or again, the last thing we talked about with people being accused of a potential crime and then putting like having restrictions put on them for a crime they haven't committed yet. I I care about like civil liberties like that. And obviously I want people to be able to eat food and have clean drinking water and crap like that. Like these are, that's kind of what I, what I'm more about. But this put me on like a very social conservative side, but also like these kind of libertarian like light things where I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit. So it got me like half right. Mm -hmm. For the, so the CBC Poly Compass pulled me up as 64% conservative, 55% Bloc Quebecois. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, that, and that's funny because I'm a, I'm a pretty big I I I, I kind of rip on the French a lot. I'm kind of a dick. Uh, but then fifty percent People's Party, forty eight percent Liberal, forty five percent Green, and forty percent NDP. But then it also has a segment where you're ranking leaders. Yeah. How did you show up for that gummy bear? Um. So this is still the CBC one, right? Mm-hmm. I guess how much you agree is 59% NDP, 55% Green Party, 50% Lib, 47% Conservative, and 42% PPC, which I, I'm upset. Why are they even acknowledging? I, sorry. <laughs> well, and to clarify, that's why we haven't acknowledged, that's why we didn't do a deep dive into the Green or PPC party, because they're not going to be leading the country. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> not to the be PPC dick. party basically exists because Maxime Bernier fucking threw a little tantrum for not winning the conservative leadership. <laughs> I want to hear you talk more about that because I don't know as much about that as you do. But this is most this is really funny because over the leaders and this is so spoiler alert for me my deep dive. But actually, I ended up liking Jagmeet Singh more or sorry Jagmeet Singh more um, at the end of my deep dive into him as opposed to Trudeau, which I ended up liking him less by the end of it so i didn't expect that I so and when so when i but it la- la- ranked me saying that i liked jagmeet more as highest of the leaders i'm a social pro- I, don't know, a, I think i'm a yeah, i'm a social pro- i'm a social pro- progressive but it says i'm like conservative left it's all just confusing i like how the green party leader does not show up on this list but fucking maxime bernier does so i have jagmeet sin as like as like the top and then and then aaron o'toole Based on this test, and then Justin Trudeau with just two points, and then Maxime Bernier with zero. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean that like, even his family didn't vote for him? Because <laughs> that's like kind of a solid. Well, that burn. was like my like test results. Or okay. Oh, for who you support? Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. That's what I mean. Like again, I'm more like I think I'm like I roll like a bit of a libertarian side with shit, but I'm not like I'm not fucking insane. Like <laughs> I know that there has to be some regulation because people are fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I'm like a little bit libertarian. I'm like a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm a, I'm a politically homeless dumpster baby. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of so. Political science, these quizzes are fucking. They're fun, but don't take them for. Don't take them too literally. Is I guess maybe my point with that. And then, sorry, I want to go to corrections corner because there's a few things from the last episodes I want to clarify. Uh, the first and more important, first and most important thing is that there are ten provinces and three territories in Canada because I forgot that. <laughs> Shout out to every province 
anyone in any province that listens to us. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm not going to correct you on those things because it's more fun that way. Well, yeah. I'm Again, I'm, I'm not proclaiming to know more than anybody. I'm just, here's what I've researched and here's my, <laughs> my opinion on shit. Uh, I want to clarify too. So when I was like, when I was ranting about Justin, like about the liberals and kind of, I snarkily said, what have the libs done for me lately? I want to clarify. Like, I don't like, I was being a bit, I was being a bit of a shit talker. I'm, I am grateful for serve. It's saved a lot of people, including me. Cause I lost my job with COVID. Like I'm not completely ungrateful for that. We wouldn't have that if it weren't for the NDP though. That both of that thing. Cause they wanted it more. They, they pushed it to be a bit, pushed it to be lar- or bigger than it was. So, and we'll get into that. That's, that's more for later. Okay. But cause that's one of the things that the NDP did. So the NDP is like influenced a lot of stuff, uh, but they've, but like, yeah, they, I'm, I'm, I'm critical of the liberals cause they've almost doubled our national debt. And we, a lot of, it seems like they've, our debt's gotten a lot higher, but not a lot has gotten fixed. And I guess it's like, you know what I mean? I want, so I feel like the payoff isn't matching it. And he just kind of does a shit ton of identity politics, which I'm also not the biggest fan of because it's just like easy political points while not actually fixing anything like that impactful. Yeah. And one more thing too, and this is like an opinion thing to be clarified too, because I, I want to clarify after we talk about any kind of human trafficking thing too. Because human trafficking is scary. It's like one of the scariest things that could possibly happening to a human being. But at the same time, we shouldn't bubble wrap people about it because the world's a scary place and a lot of shit can happen. And I'm not trying to be shitty about this. I guess it's just that there's always, that's a, a, it was a big boom in the 90s, but overprotecting your kids because there's a lot of stories about these, about child abductions and shit like that. And then they can't, then it, they, things get skewed because it's all sort of bullshit ratings, right? On the news on news networks, saying that most of the time it's uh, or a, a family member is most likely a person to abduct a child. What they don't clarify is that usually in divorce cases, when like one parent goes off like deep end and like takes a kid, so it's more you know what I mean. They're not clarifying the nuances of these things. And while we try to do that here, because the world's a nuanced place, it's really complicated. So be aware of these things, and that's why again we try to keep people informed about the human traffickers that are still chilling on Vancouver Island making new profiles. So don't be scared of the world, but again, just try to, let's try to educate each other and just know, hey, what to be worried for and all that kind of stuff, right? Because that makes sense as we're all able to survive and take care of ourselves and each other. And there's one last thing, and oh, sorry, can I bear you something to say? Sorry, because I'm done. My, I'll, I'll be off my soapbox in a second here. Yeah, I just have a corrections thing to go to. Okay. Uh, one more thing too, because again, I know I went into like a bit of a, uh, I went into a rage thing last week about sensitivity. And I wanted to say that as a, this is the thing I, I didn't talk about, but I think is equally important is I want to emphasize the importance of forgiveness for those that do make an effort to change and ask for forgiveness. And yeah, so sorry, this is a bit of a footnote, but mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of, cause there's a lot of dogpiling in our culture and a lot of overly critical things. Cause we're all more aware of the world than we've ever been before with the evolution of technology and the internet. So I think it's, I might be I might be overstating it because again all this happens online, but I do think that there's all this talk about canceling people and like oh fuck this person or they fuck did the thing and let's dogpile on them, but it never gets ever mentioned. Okay, well where's like the path to forgiveness? What what equals okay like we can move forward? And this equally goes for shit in Canada too, like with Indigenous people. Where does the path for forgiveness go and end? That kind of thing, right? Well, it's complicated. Where it could probably never it can never be, but for individuals especially i think that there should be you know what i mean i think that there should be just kind of if people change 
and people want to try to like or like change who they are or things like that i think that you should be able to like try to gauge if they're a grifter or not but also just be also just open to forgiving somebody and letting the past be the past and then moving forward to try to do something better for everybody and that's just my last my soapbox shit but i thought that was important in my whole bitch about sensitivity that like forgiveness is really important thing that i don't think gets talked about enough in general uh i just have like a small sort of corrections corner thing ish wherein um if i'm like talking about things going on in the community and like especially online things and comments and stuff um if i am talking about what people are saying i am usually not saying that's fact because it's usually just hearsay yeah hearsay <laughs> hearsay um and i think if i if i do that again i'll make it extra clear that it's a it's comments and not fact because as we know a lot of comments in the past that i was not trying to report as fact did in, it did end up being complete and utter bullshit because there's a lot of bullshit out there and um if i'm talking about what people are saying i don't mean that's fact i just mean that's what people are fucking talking about that's all i that's good though and yeah like we'll we, we try we'll try to do our best to clarify these things yeah and be like this is a comment and this is obviously not something we know is true or not but and that's important to clarify too because i want to go into comments for my whole reddit experiment for this whole piece i did yeah that was pretty much it i think we'll just kind of go into uh talking about uh how 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 hard we are for elections is our elections canada <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so any final thoughts maybe before we segue into um political or let's call it Canadian candidate oh I did name that segment Canadian candidate Cole's notes all right I'm ready let's do it all right you there thanks for doing yourself welcome back so to the Canadian Powercast free election special Answer presidential music right here. <laughs> so we're going to start off with uh, currently the uh, King of Canada that's calling this election right now in the middle of a pandemic. Ideal timing to reaffirm your political power. Justin Trudeau of the Trudeau political dynasty. Oh yeah, sorry, and I forgot to say the format of these uh, political bios all have a uh, same thing. So Gummy Mayor and I basically did the same research on our candidates. So the country of origin, their early life, political history, their current platforms and standings, some good things they've done, some shitty things they've done, some silly things they've done, closing thoughts on candidates and parties as a whole, and then other host thoughts. Probably shouldn't have said that. Starting with Justin Trudeau's country of origin. He was born on December 25th. Just like Jesus. Born in Canada. Ew, really? 
Oh, wait, he was actually born on the 25th of December. Not like Jesus. I was being, I was saying, saying I was a bit of a joke. Uh-huh. Oh, I forgot to do this. I forgot to do my ass catch him hat turn. <laughs> Before I go into my deep dive of Trudeau. All right. Yes, but he was born in Canada, Canada possibly the son of Fidel Castro, oh. making his communist leanings more understandable. That's a joke. And that's a, have you heard that? Have you heard that? Yeah, it's really funny, but it's definitely been debunked. Oh, totally. He's like so white. No way. It's Fidel Castro's son. He's like so white. But it is funny seeing the two pictures together. Yeah. And the jokes about it are hilarious. So. Oh, yeah. I love it, too. That's why that's why I had to bring it in there, because I think I learned about that this year, and it was fucking <laughs> hilarious. But, yeah, so Justin Trudeau, yeah, so he was born in Canada on the same day as Jesus. In his early life, he was the son of Pierre Elliott Trudeau, who was famous for the being prime, for being Prime Minister of Canada. But his big thing that I thought was interesting was the Just Watch Me interview in 1970, after the Quebec FLQ bombings, mm. I and have you seen that, Gummy Bear? No, I haven't. I I encourage anybody interested in Canadian history to go watch that. Just type in Pierre Trudeau, just watch me, nineteen seventy, and he does this kind of like on the spot interview with oh shit, I want to say it's CBC, where he's just on the street. They catch him and they ask him about the thing because they had during that time the, when the bombing had happened, they basically like broke. They did like turns. Was it Mon- where, where the fuck was it? Was it Montreal? I'm, I'm not trying to be oh, shitty. Really I'm not trying to be shitty. I just don't remember where the bombings happened exactly. But basically, in that area, they basically turned it into a police state. Because, like, I know, I know, I learned it last year. I wrote a fucking paper. I just, I'm having a brain fart. But sorry, but they basically turned that area of Quebec into a police state. And then when he was interviewed about it, like, how far will you go to do this? Like, this is, like, you can't do this. And Pierre Elliott Trudeau just responds, just watch me. And just like boom, mic drops and bugs the buggers off. And it's a bit of a noteworthy thing in political history in Canadian history too, though, because there will never be like an on-the-fly interview with a politician like that ever again. Mm-hmm. It's different times. Everything is so much more filtered and washed and polished and shit like that. So you'll never be able to get like an honest answer like that. Not adjusting. Fuck no. And he's been groomed too well. And at the same time, like. I don't want to crap on Pierre L.A. Trudeau. I'm not, I wasn't alive at that time, so I can't judge if he was a good or not prime minister. And I would say that you can't also judge his entire legacy on one moment. It's just, it's a standout just moment because I was like, okay, well, that's fucking scary. And uh, it eventually ended, right? But it was just also like, okay, but he also might do this. So, it, sorry. And that was just, that's uh, for anybody that doesn't know that much, that part about Canadian history, this guy, where he comes from. So, his son Justin, who now runs Canada. He's a child of divorce, raised by a single father. His mom bailed. Uh, it was rumored that she was, not say rumored, that she was being promiscuous with rock stars and celebs, but that's based a rumor, so there's no thing. But she just went, she left, presumably to go live a bohemian lifestyle, or wander lost, whatever the fuck it's called. But it doesn't matter, because there's like not much information on her. She shouldn't. If she, she'll want her private, if she wants her private life, go for it. He attend, Justin attended private school. He worked as a snowboard instructor while getting his degree in education. He was a teacher for a bit and then worked at a radio station. He was in a TV miniseries called The Great War 2007. Hmm. He served as the chairman on the board of directors of Katimovic, which was, this was a program that was started by his dad in the 70s. And I actually have a whole thing about Katimovic that I don't want to get too much into today, but I actually did that program and it was one of the best things in my life I've ever done. So I'd love to talk more about that one day. It's a, just a cool program where they get youth 
that are out of high school to they pay for them to go live in a group home. You travel around Canada and you do volunteer community projects in your communities. And it saves like you go and you do work full time in nonprofit organizations while some people in the group stay home and maintain the house and cook all the meals. So it's like a really roundabout way that kind of gets you a little bit ready for adulthood and can kind of give you an idea of where to go work. And it saves communities a lot of money. And it's a funny program because it kind of flip flops between being funded and not based on what if it's a conservative government or a liberal government. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still around nonetheless. So it's, I just think it's funny. And he worked on the board of that and I love that program. So that's a, I, so that's just a separate thing. Uh, this is important. He went to a, he went to school to be an engineer and dropped out. And I have a side note here. It was too, uh-huh. it must've been too hard for an, for a language teacher. Here's what launched him into politics, and this is kind of the big moment that was at least cited on a couple, like, if you go to a couple of encyclopedias about this. He gave a smoldering eulogy. Sorry, I put in the word smoldering. But he gave a, a really big eulogy or eulogy at his father's funeral, which kind of pushed him into the spotlight a bit because it was very eloquent and people were all like, oh, look how sexy he is. And he was offered an open invitation seat by the Liberal Party, being like, you're always welcome to, like, Work with us, of course. And so he started his political career in 2008, and so that means as of now he has 13 years of political experience, running uh, from like all this. So it's not a whole lot. And he and like to be fair, I don't know. There's things now. Here, here's a conflicting thing in these articles I was reading as well, though, because they say that he said he didn't want to write off his father's name, but he kind of. I don't know. It's is is there even a way to possibly not do that? Like, is there? Be hard. That's what I mean, right? So it's kind of like it's even if it is true, it's kind of impossible not to associate that because he had a very he had a very good upbringing. Went to private school. He had a kind of a very he didn't really have to get he didn't have to get a serious degree. Sorry, I'm kidding. Teaching's important. (laughs) I'm kidding. Teaching's important. But like, yeah. So he, you know what I mean. He hasn't really done anything for like. I don't know, like maybe being a teacher, but I don't know. I don't think that's really, that's, I don't think that's really a political qualification in my opinion. But anyway, sorry. So for his political life, he started, yeah, so he started his career in 08. He ran for and won a seat in parliament in that year. Then he was reelected in 2011, despite Libs flopping on only winning 34 seats. He won a party leadership in 2013 by being charming, beautiful, youthful, and charismatic. That was a quote from things I was saying, so that's why there seems to be a lot of emphasis on that he's pretty to look at, and that actually bugs me in a lot of these. It seems to be he gets a lot of points for being pretty, and that's fucking terrible. That should not be a merit of somebody, although we're going to get into the Aaron O'Toole response to that, which is fucking hilarious, because that's <laughs> been all over Canadian Reddit, and we have to talk about that. But the... So yeah, the Libs had a huge victory in November 2015 when he became the King of Canada. And historically, he plays the political game like a typical politician. And so he's just kind of as by the books as you get about that. As other parts of his political history and his time as Prime Minister, he has appointed half the half his cabinet ladies. So hashtag lady boss. He legalized weed at he legalized weed to lower crime and obviously get that tax money, which is something that I was an advocate for. So I'm actually that's I voted for him like the first time because I wanted to be legalized. 
and I got it. So I'm, I'm content with that. Not everything, but I'm content with that aspect or that reasoning, because that was why I voted that first time. He's been criticized for claiming to want to fix the living conditions of indigenous people and not getting much done. This is pretty on point. He refuses to... Okay, this is something I kind of appreciate as a principal thing, although this is up for debate, but he's, uh, he also has multiple times had to refuse to negotiate with terrorists that take Canadians hostage, because that just happens. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I kind of agree with that. It's shitty, but that's just a part of geopolitics, unfortunately. And it's, again, that'd be hypocritical because if that happened to me, I'd want someone to save my fucking life. But I understand why you can't just do that. Sorry, but he's taking criticism for that shit sometimes, but that's just a typical thing. Uh, oh, he broke down with Obama to talk about climate change, and then both of them didn't do much <laughs> towards it. Um, they put a five-year oil ban in the Arctic. That was Trudeau. And I subnote here, what was the point? So, I don't know. It's weird. Maybe someone will tell me how that how five-year oil ban in the Arctic changed everything. So, or even led to more change, but... Uh, Trudeau spent time with Trump. People freaked out about his handshakes. Both of them memes were made. Oh my god! For anybody that didn't know about this, this was a this was an interesting thing for two different reasons. So the first one was Trump does like when he does a handshake, he does like really pulley like rips your arm off handshake. And Trudeau, because he had ten of his political advisors like plan this out, he's like put your arm up to brace you against them. So when he pulls you in, you block yourself and you don't get ripped in there. That's probably how they encourage him to do it, if I imagine so, because he's kind of a pansy. But yeah, he braced himself against things, so he didn't get pulled in by Trump. But then the big, big one was in the Oval Office when there's like that traditional handshake between presidents, somebody happened to get like a picture like a millisecond before they did it. So it's a picture of Trump holding his hand out and Trudeau looking down at it right before he shakes his hand. But then it got memed as like a hmm, because he has like a look on his face because he has a smarmy fucking look on his face because he's just some fucking Trudeau. But that's I thought that was an interesting little sub note in Canadian history. My favorite was when he I don't know it was like a big like global meeting with like global leaders or whatever, and Trump kind of ignores him, and then he goes he like looks lost and he goes to sit down and he like goes to talk to the person beside him, and everyone is literally ignoring him and he's just kind of sitting there just looking around, and sad and alone, <laughs> being ignored by um of the world's leaders. So you're saying it's like akin to a child at a party full of adults when he was told there were going to be other kids there, and there aren't. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> well, that's about right. He's so fucking young for a prime minister, uh, and I don't think and I don't think of that as a slight as a thing. I just think of that as a fact. But that's that's fucking hilarious. I didn't know about that. Oh, sorry. Do you have something else to say? No. That's a very beautiful wax figure you're making up me. You're making a kitty cat. Can you take a picture of that and put it on the, like, thing? Because it's actually really good. I like it. Thank you. It's a little wax kitty that you made out of a baby bell wax. I just need a pencil to put some decoration into. Perfect. Anyway, though, uh, I would say he was, he was, um, he got popular, he got positive brownie points for responding maturely to a mosque shooting in Quebec City. And he just kind of stood his ground and saying Canada's strength, it's diversity. Canada's strength is its diversity, which is, I don't know, it seems politically true. You can't, I don't know, I don't know. But it's, uh, 
Oh, yeah, and then he, so yeah, he got brownie points also for pushing Gat back against Trump's trade bullshit. Trump tweeted, oh, Trump tweeted bitching about how Trudeau said Canadians are polite and reasonable. Oh, yeah, so Trudeau said Canadians are polite and reasonable, but we will not be pushed around. And Trump said that this characterized them as dishonest and weak, and Trump's advisors called Justin a backstabber. What? <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Because Trump tweeted about Justin, this is probably the most media attention he's ever gotten in America. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was reelected in 2019, lost the majority in the House. And now we have the good, the bad, and the silly. <laughs> so I have two footnotes here at the very beginning. I might be misusing the word footnote. So I said the good shit, it was much harder to find, and the bad shit was much easier to find. <laughs> And I'm not sure if that says something about his actual leadership or just our culture on over-critiquing everything. So, here are the good things. He did actually, he successfully decriminalized weed. His cabinet is half-lady-based, and I think, I I don't, I think that's a good thing just because our population is half-women. Like, you know what I mean? So it just makes sense to have that. And I'm not, at the same time, I'm not for hiring based on somebody's thing their identity politics that's not a thing if they're qualified for the job then do it but if they're a qualified person or whatever for the job then hire them right but the fact that it's diverse if these women are all qualified that's really good and i assume they are because canada canada hasn't gone up in flames so you know no anarchy but i think that is i don't know, I don't know too because i'm a dude super white dude i just think that might be that must be meaningful to a lot of people just kind of seeing that kind of representation because again half of our population is women so it just feels like that should be more like kind of half and half, you know what I mean? So for any for like leadership roles and shit like that, he spends a lot on social programs, I think. But then that kind of equally gets criticized for the money thing, which we'll get into. Okay, I don't think of this as a thing, but a lot of people like him for this. Is a super fucking woke. I think that's a meaningless quality, but he gets a lot of brownie points for being as woke as he is. Uh, he increased immigration, and again, that's, I think, up for debate, but that was what a lot of people said was a good thing, or uh, some people said was a good thing. But then there's, that's the thing, there's arguments for both sides, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be, like, a partisan hack or anything, I'm just trying to be, like, realistic about shit. Uh, and then he removed regulations preventing government scientists for speaking to the press, which I actually think is a really good thing. Because during Harper's government, there were was presses too. So if government scientists government scientists spoke out to the press, they'd get jail time and shit. I, I'm pretty sure it was jail time when I skimmed. I might be wrong about that, but it was like they're being punished for speaking out for whistleblowing on shit, which shouldn't be the case. So he stopped. He de decriminalized that, which I'm for because I'm for freedom of information and speeches and stuff like that. So even I can agree with that. Uh, the bad stuff he's done. <sighs> Bill C-51, he voted for a while back. I don't know what year. I don't remember what year this was. It expanded government security on people for reading like their online stuff. And he defended this choice by saying that if he didn't vote for it, it would eventually be used against him by Harper. And I have so many problems with that. Because he's not doing something based on the value, he's saying that this won't, this will get criticized in the future, so I won't do it now. So he's not, 
He's not making a choice based on something he believes in. He's trying to retain his power. And it's about something, again, scary, which is something I care about, which is probably why I came up as super fucking libertarian, because I'm all for, like, <laughs> I don't like the government fucking security. So that's probably why. So this pissed me off, and I think I think this makes that he has, he doesn't have a lot of principles. And, or, anyway, maybe that can be argued. Uh, obviously, the blackface, I don't want to focus oh too much. God. I don't want to focus too much on low-hanging fruit, but that was the biggest fucking thing of 2019, for Canada, anyway. So, so Also, we, India. Okay, well, I'll get into that. The pandering, um, the pandering thing is I'll get into, and I already did have comments about that. But okay, for touching on that, so he's also the kind of politician where, like, when he goes to India, he's like in the full garb, and it's like cartoonish, and it's just, you know what I mean? It's very, there's lots of pictures of it. It's very photo op. It's very, hey, look how woke they he is. They, that's what I mean too. Like he, they, they don't like it either. If you read if you so watch Indian news, so that's what I mean, right? It's just pandering as shit, and it's, um, it's super pandering, and that's kind of that's like again a big criticism for me. So tying into that, but again, the blackface was the big thing. Again, frat boy, frat boy, frat boy nonsense. Don't I don't think that makes him a bad leader, but I think that makes him kind of an insensitive dick and kind of shows his disconnection with society. You know what I mean? Because, I don't know. I think there was, I watched an interesting video that broke down blackface, but that's not for a thing that was, because that was just by a black person. I wasn't interested in perspective on it. Uh, this was a big scandal, was the WE, or WE charity scandal. So, oh shit, and before, sorry, I move on to that though, the Bill C-51, to say exactly what it was, expanded anti-terrorism legislation and expanded surveillance powers of Canadian security forces. Okay. So that was especially what it had done. Or in those divisions. Okay. Anyway, so the We Charity scandal, post-pandemic, there was a Canadian Student Service Initiative to fund students that couldn't work during the pandemic. And the contract immediately went to WE Charity, skipping all the bids. And, like, for anybody that doesn't really know how that works, is just different contracts put up a thing. They say... Hey, like they will do the job for this much money, and everybody does it. And you try to pick the best price, and that way nobody's overcharging or undercharging, and it's kind of a you know what I mean. It's a scale. It's a self scaling market. So they just got picked beyond all these things. Nobody else got picked. It's like nope, we're doing that right away, which would be the same as like you know, it seems like doing someone a favor or picking having your choice already made when you haven't even looked at the prices yet. They eventually came out that Trudeau's mother and brother, they had close connections with this charity, and they previously even spoke at events. He apologized about this because that's what he does. He, he mm -hmm. you know, he, he does that a lot too. And they've since ended their contract with it. But it was also kind of like a thing where if it had come out, would that have happened? It's just kind of skeevy shit. You know what I mean? It's a typical white collar moving money around bullshit that people don't like him for because he's kind of one of those politicians. He's just a very by the books politician. Here is some of the silly shit. Oh, that's where I had. So I had the India thing under the silly shit scandal because that was that was that was embarrassing, but that was also just really silly. Sorry, because I knew I had it in my notes somewhere. But yeah, he was in the traditional garb, milking photo ops. Uh, it's a recurring joke that he's not that smart, <laughs> and this is accurate because of the quantum physics meme, which was a thing where he was like at a college and he did an impromptu, like talk on quantum physics and everyone's like oh uh -huh. and there's all these articles like oh trudeau handsome not just brains 
Then it came out that it was like a totally planned impromptu discussion where he had talking points. So again, so it's just a, it's a funny thing that he's insecure that people don't think he's that smart. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's how that found out. Uh, there's my favorite, his falling down the stairs party trick, which is Oliver. You can still find on YouTube. Just type in Trudeau falling down stairs. He's just on a talk show and he explains his party trick of falling down a set of stairs. It's oh. it's as riveting as you think watching a however a twenty two year or twenty five year old man named Justin falling down a set of stairs. And he has so many awkward and bad photos. There are so many really bad photos of him that are amazing, very memeable. So I implore anybody that wants to get the chuckle go check out that. My favorite was when he was signing documents with, um, I think Trump and a few other like world leaders, and they were all signing it. And basically, you see Trudeau sign it and quickly look up because he's got to have that photo, right? Mm. And then he and then he sign, and then they pass on the next document. He signs it and quickly looks up, all pretty. And it was just like, oh my fucking god, dude! Just you know, no one else, none of the other people were doing that. None of the other world leaders were doing that. They were just doing their job. He, you can see he's. Looking up at the camera, quickly, look at me, signing it. I have the pen in my hand. For every fucking time he did it. And that's, that I'm actually really happy you told me that story because I didn't know that. But that's also been like a criticism of him is that is he just increasing his own profile and notoriety through doing this right? Like is, does he actually care about politics or is this just a game to him to increase his, like, you know what I mean? His legacy or whatever it is. Uh, also here, so I turned the page and fucked up here because I have a segment here called More Bad Shit, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, remember, this is, again, this, I, I, I spoiled it, said I didn't like Trudeau more at the end of this than I, than I thought. So a lot of people are salty about that. He said the last, there's no electoral reform because he was going to change the first past the post system, which we can get into another day, but is the case for now. So Still doing that since his for his majority in 2015. Canada is way deeper in debt. That's a big one for me. I want to know what the fuck he did with the weed money. Because, like, the government got a shit ton of money on weed tax. So where did that fucking money go is my question. He, oh, he, you know, he modified the law so that men who fuck men can't donate blood for one year. So I think now it's, oh yes, now men who fuck men can't donate blood after one year of not fucking a man instead of five years of not fucking a man. Because Canada has the law about, like, if you fuck a man, you can't donate blood because, like, they're worried about AIDS and shit. Or, well, obviously not just AIDS, it's, like, other diseases and shit, too, but it's, like, a long time. Like, you know, if I walked in right now and donated blood, wouldn't they test it? It would, the debate with the issue is that it's like an extra security, it's an extra security, like, rule in there to reduce risk. And then the law is called anti-gay and anti-bi, which is, like, I, I, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, anti-people that fuck dudes, many fuck men, which is like, oh, uh, that's fair. It is, it does come off like that. I think of it as like a, yeah, it's like a, it's a security thing, but I do understand how it's like comes off like that too. Like it is both, it's two things. It's an extra precaution and it is kind of a bit homophobic because they should be testing that shit. But it's just like that risk reduction, right? So if they want to reduce that risk from 2% to 1% or whatever it does for the, however they analyze the safety risk. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, they, they test the blood. They, they're they're, they're supposed to, they're supposed to, but the fuck ups happen. 
That's the point, I think, because that's what I mean, right? I'm not, I'm not advocating for the law. I'm not saying I'm pro this law. This is just a criticism. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, well, it doesn't because they should be testing it. But I think, again, it comes down to just an extra rule for an extra layer of protection when they should just be doing their job in the first place. And that should be layer of protection. Mm-hmm. But it's one extra thing to reduce that risk. So and that's what I mean, right? Maybe in their mind, and maybe it was like 10 years ago or 50 years ago, whenever the or no, sorry, 20 years ago when the shit started. It was like, OK, this will reduce the risk from 40 percent to 10 percent. OK, cool. Now technology is better. All this kind of shit. And maybe the law just hasn't been updated. And I'm not advocating for it then, just because things different laws are made different times for different reasons. I don't think this was made as a homophobic law. I think it was made as an over precaution that happens to be homophobic. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't think like it is, but not for the reason it, it think it is. Uh, that might be up to a debate, but I just don't think it was like we're like fucking gay people. We don't want them donating blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> how fucking stupid does that sound? It's just like oh, it's a bureaucratic security precaution, which is Canada's thing. Bureaucracy. Sorry, I didn't, even, I didn't mean to get too deep into that. I just didn't want to offend anybody because I'm like, I'm impartial towards this, but here's just the likelihood of the mind, the thought behind it. He talks a big game about environmental protection for five years and he hasn't followed through on most things. I don't, and I don't want to get too into that because I'm, I'm out of the loop for this, but uh, fossil fuel subsidies remain and we've been getting more pipelines. And, and I think the subsidies is the thing I wouldn't agree with because I'm like, fuck those countries. They have plenty of money. They don't really need cuts from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, overspending. Oh, the last thing here I have is he overspent on a two things. Is he overspent on a vacation to the Bahamas, which was two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Uh, and internet costs, budget fixing. Oh no, and he hasn't like he hasn't followed through on a lot of his promises, like he lowering internet costs, fixing the budget. You know, not just letting it balance itself, and uh, changing the system, the post pass system so there's just like a lot of shit he said he was going to do so it's like a typical thing politician makes a shit ton of promises falls through in like 10 percent of them so sounds about right a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a obama kind of a vibe <laughs> oh maybe that's why they're such good friends <laughs> like i get you i get you yeah we get it so his current platform right now and this is on his main vote for me donate page which fuck you why would i ever give you money you rich prick um has more money for the middle class he can pay for his own fucking campaign uh so yeah yeah sorry he more money for the middle class real action for climate change and uh more gun control and just to be clear some automatic weapons and automatic weapons are already illegal so this is like again i'm not okay i'm not like hyper pro gun but i want to say that like gun control is fine man you don't need to add more laws for gun. guns are fine in canada I don't think we have a big issue with mass shootings at the U.S. Like, I just don't trust it when all these things, too, because these things, these things don't start off as fucking authoritarian, but they fucking lead that way if you don't pay attention to that shit. Um, Some points, though, and these are other things that are just kind of quick blurbs. More jobs, family support, retirement support, work at home, incentives, rural investment, prep for climate change, cleaner communities, Canada's legacy of nature and biz, Multiculturalism, veteran support, keeping Canada engaged in the world. And my final thoughts while I'm done my soapbox and take my break and give Gummy Bear, I want to know her input on Trudeau. But I know it's, he just seems like a pretty, very typical politician. He is definitely not <laughs> as smart as he tries to pretend to be, which I wouldn't be against if he was just like, yep, yeah, this, and just point things to people that know more than him. 
but then he's just also very fake, which is kind of a thing. He's just very he's like a he's like a Ken doll, you know. He's not really real. He's just made of plastic. Uh, he most of his platforms are just about throwing more money about problems without like doing anything about the budget or anything. Or like, hey, we're gonna tackle the budget this way, or cut money in this excess way, and then put put that money towards this or anything like that. He's just like spend, 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 which has always been his platform, I think. Yeah, and again, I think I talked about the thing about him. He didn't exactly coast on his name, but he took advantage of it. If that makes, at least in my opinion. That's my final word. Gummy bear. Opinion, thoughts. Yeah, Trudeau's a fucking douche. <laughs> that's that's your takeaway from that was like it was like three pages of notes that are all full. No, that that's it. Doesn't that sum it up? <laughs> well, that, that that does. That really does simplify it. It's probably you could just I like how you just say what I said in like a sentence. It's like douche. <laughs> yeah, but I have the research to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> we okay, so I scientifically proved that Trudeau's a douche. Nailed it. Scientific method, y'all. <laughs> In my make America great again hat. I'm sorry, I shouldn't think I'm so funny. <laughs> I didn't mean to. So that was just the first uh first political candidate we have there. And uh, next we have Aaron O'Toole, but we'll take a short break in between that. Uh, so, Gummy Bear, anything to last things though about uh, Justin? Do you think that you would want to vote liberal this time around, knowing what I just said about our current leader? Oh, and as a fr- oh, sorry, go. I was going to say the fun thing about the voting structure right now, too. No. I never have and I never will. <laughs> I like the Anne Not Ra- for him. I like the Anne Rand quote about Ronald Reagan, which I think about Trudeau is I don't think about Ronald Reagan, and the more I think about him, the less I do. Or no, the more I see it, more the more I see of him, the less I think about him. <laughs> Sorry, I fucked it up, but she 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 was a she had some salty burns. And my last thing about the whole government though is that basically so once the snap election is called, Parliament's cleared out, nobody has a job anymore, so they all have to go for unemployment insurance while they campaign to get reelected, so they don't have to go for unemployment insurance. That's a bit of a joke, but seriously, Parliament's <laughs> empty, nothing can be happened. Justin Trudeau is basically the leader until the election is called, and then that's it. So nothing can be done in the next month. Everything's an empty promise. On to Aaron O'Toole. Canadian podcast. Learning along the way, fade out, don't record this. I pass our sword from shoveling all day. So sit down, sit down, sit down. Welcome back to the CPC. As we realize that our initials of CPC are the same as the Conservative Party of Canada, so we like to address that, that we're not directly associated <laughs> with them. We just thought that Canadian Piracast was a cool name. Oops. We're also not associated with the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, or the Canadian Police (laughs) College, CPC, or the CP Canadian Post. We are just our own CPC, Canadian Piracast. Now, on to the CPC political party. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, Gummy Bear, your spiel now. So we're talking about Aaron O'Toole. 
And I guess there are like a lot of jokes about him kind of just being like, who is he? Like, cause he doesn't really have a, like a lot of a presence. And, you know, I felt that having to research him. He's like a ghost. <laughs> anyway, I'm basically just reading off Wikipedia because I'm a terrible student. <laughs> I, I had one more source on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so O'Toole was born in Montreal and then he grew up in um, Ontario. His dad was also a member of parliament in the legislative assembly of ontario his mom died when he was young so that's kind of sad mm -hmm. and then he joined the military oh so he actually did military service yeah he was in the air force okay and he did uh, yeah he did 12 years of service oh wow so he yeah he so it's not not just like a short little stint like he's done that's actually pretty cool yeah and then he became a lawyer okay what type of lawyer General commercial law. Huh. <laughs> like so like a general practitioner and doctor like just handles like random little bits here and there. Interesting. Only even even becoming a lawyer is a strenuous thing. So you have to have you have to be some kind of like driven and intelligence to become a lawyer. So he's been a member of the Conservative Party as a candidate since two thousand twelve where he won a seat. And in two thousand fifteen Harper appointed him as a minister of veterans affairs, which makes sense. Him being a veteran. Well, that's that's good though. You want somebody in that position, right? Because you don't want someone that's never been in the military to be overseeing that. That'd be ridiculous. So that that seems fitting. At least he hasn't done like too much politically that I can see. How many? How long has he been working in politics? Uh, nine years. So and also not that long. Oh, fun fact: he's actually <clears throat> one year younger than Justin Trudeau. What the fuck? He looks like an old man. He's one year younger than Trudeau. Yeah. Oh god, Justin Trudeau is fucking pretty. He might he must suck the lifeblood of the young. Jagmeet is the youngest. Well yeah, I don't know, we'll get into him. He's a he's the hip hip hop and TikTok and Rick Rockin' candidate. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so wait, he's seriously one year younger than Trudeau? Because he does he looks Seriously, like a, yeah. He looks like a chubby old man. Like did you see that picture of him on the magazine that's like trending on negative Reddit? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's a picture of it, it was a picture of him on Men's Health magazine. It was like trying to be like, they're trying to do like a thirst trap picture for him. <laughs> like trying to get people to be like, hey, look how sexy Aaron O'Toole can be. You want to use him in your garage? Aaron O'Toole, conservative candidate. Oh my God. And it's it's trending like in a bad way on Canadian, on Canadian Reddit. But I do got to say, I understand it because a lot of Justin Trudeau's credibility comes from his looks. And I'll get into that because I, I have a whole Reddit experiment. I'm just going to use this opportunity to shit on Maxine Bernier a little bit. So 2017, he did run for conservative leadership against um, Andrew Scheer and Maxine Bernier. And he came in third. Weirdly enough, didn't start his own political party over it. Okay. So, you know, I count that as a good thing. So Maxine, <laughs> wait, Maxine Bernier came in second, got pissed and started his own party. Yes. Where Aaron O'Toole came in third, and he's just like conservative still. Yeah. Well, and now he's won, and now he's won. That's actually kind of cool. Because Andrew Shear stepped down like what, like three years later? Because he's half American, and the like, Canada's scared of having a That's half not American. What happened. I know. I'm just being. A, I'm just being a dick. <laughs> okay. It's so funny. Like just Maxine Bernier couldn't wait. I think he just waited. If he just waited a few years, that's actually really funny because then we'd actually would have had a Quebec Prime Minister, <laughs> which is like never gonna happen. You're never gonna be the block. It's so fucking funny. Oh boy. Oh my god. That's I love the <laughs> love I get to like fuck you guys, I'm in my own party. We're gonna be so popular, you guys. It's gonna be awesome. 
is great. Anything else? Um, like as far as I can tell, he's against this election even happening, which he should be. I think everybody is. Jugme is too. Nobody's it's like this is not the right time. A lot of people aren't supporting this. See, it's. I mean, like I know it should be. I'm supposed to showcase this person, but like it's like okay, I'm really gonna laugh if it if this backfires in Trio's face because he just wants his majority back. Anyway, there really isn't that much to say about this guy. Like I don't know any silly things he's done or shitty things because he hasn't really done much. So he is, that's the joke, is that he is kind of a political ghost where he hasn't really done much. Because I think, like, if funny thing about, I think nine years, I think that's even less experience than Jagmeet Singh has, or sorry, Jagmeet Singh has in politics. That's interesting. Though, like, it's just interesting in, like, the, the lack of, so he's not really anything. So it's cool that he's a conservative party, party leader, but what's he done to earn that? Just being there? I, I just think it's interesting in how a lot of political candidates candidates get judged on what they do when they're in office but there's not a lot of discussion of as much discussion of what they're doing when they're not because arguably both the ndp and conservatives could be pushing hard for their issues because of the way the government works because like you know it's all about the majority and the minority and stuff like that but they just it's no they don't do that it's like they just wait until it's their turn to try to grab power and that's when they fight hard for stuff. which i think is disappointing because i think if somebody i think of these parties were like no this is an issue we want to take seriously we want to work for this and we're gonna like where we want to work on this and do this i think more stuff would get done but it gets become too like i don't know it might be just my sorry was just, so there's nothing really else in aaron, aaron o'toole not anything interesting so he just came he just went to like a regular school and all that kind of stuff yeah i always think it's funny he has the same kind of weird smile in every every picture where he's like i, I don't know it might just be his face i'm not trying to be a dick also but he has a scar but he has like a his lip curls up when he's like he does this weird smile it's like all the pictures is like a lipward up or leftward up lip curl Enough for me to notice it and be like, oh, I wonder if that's like just his face. Yeah, he went to a, just a normal public school. Hmm. Interesting. What's his platform right now? Like, what's he running? What's his platform currently for what he wants to do with the country? Aside from not have the election, which Jagmeet Singh is on the same page as that as well. Honestly, I don't know. There isn't a lot of information yet. Not even on the conservative. I saw him said that in article where he said that he wanted to focus on housing, which I thought was good. That's good. What about the like conservative? Or party no, no, website? not focus on housing. Ban foreign buyers, basically, mm. because taxing them just isn't working in our housing market. Right. Oh, and I think I did see something about it's that. Imploding. Right. I thought there was there was a thing about that because it was just people talking about raising taxes for people that don't actually live here. They just they're buying property up and keeping it for its value. There's already loopholes that are being mm -hmm. um, exploited. Yeah. Particular like in our cities like Vancouver. Oh yeah, Vancouver. No, because they don't live there. They just. I know, I know, I know, and I'm saying that as a joke. I don't mean that literally. Like, I just love. It. I think it's a funny joke. Okay. And it's and uh, well, that's all. That's a misconception too. A lot of the Asian population in Vancouver is because they built the railway. They're like ancestor immigrants there. It's not a matter yeah. of them. It it's not a recent thing. It was always a high population that was going to get bigger because of they built the fucking railway. Sorry. It just bugs me because oh, it's yeah. like it's a historical misconception that it became Vancouver in the last like twenty years. It's like no, they've always had a huge Asian population because the immigrants were encouraged to come over, build the railway. The government thought they'd fuck off in the end. Sorry, I shouldn't say they thought they'd move away when they. Well, I don't mean it like that. Sorry. Interesting take that they had. <laughs> no, sorry, but yeah, the government thought they'd come here, build the railway, and then like peace out. And a lot of them were like, no, this is a new. We want to settle in the new world like the Americans did, just like that. And the government's like, well, fuck. What do we do now? So that's when that's when the whole mass conforming or integration like things were starting and like the, all that but that was just uh but again sorry my point was just being that it didn't happen in the last decade it happened when Kansas was founded a hundred fucking years ago that's my point well that's a fun little piece of history didn't you sorry i didn't i didn't mean to go off on that it was more like it's a 
joke, but I don't want to be like I don't want to be like oh I'm like racist. It's just like a, it's a historical thing. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a misconception. I it's unfortunate that Sheer doesn't have it's not fucking not Sheer. Sorry, it's uh Aaron O'Toole. So you can't even tell the difference between them. Yeah, Sheer was born too. You can't tell the distance. See the okay. Milk well, toast. so here's why here's why I want to get into this before we move on to Jugmead saying my or my my next research project, but. Like, there's this great meme, or sorry, this Canadian political cartoon of the social presence of of these political candidates nowadays. And the first one is a frame of Jake, or Jagmeet Singh dancing on TikTok. The second one is Justin Trudeau posing on Facebook. The next one is Aaron O'Toole on, like, a TV from the 1950s that's, like, black and white and <laughs> half crispy. And it's so true. Like, if you go on Reddit in Canada... The NDP Reddit is so fucking active. It is like three. I think I might be wrong about this. I'm guesstimating. I'm ballparking it. But the the Reddit sub count for NDP is definitely double what it is for the L, double to three times the size of the liberal or unofficial liberal channel or the conservative channel. And both are like really heavily moderated. Like both like the conservative channel is actually probably the it's the one that takes itself the most seriously. Like I fucked up a while ago because in the okay in the in the conservative in the conservative Canada subreddit rules, it says no low quality content, but it doesn't say no memes specifically. It just says no low quality content with like no frame of reference. So I posted a meme in there against like making fun of Justin Trudeau because I thought it was pretty fucking funny, and I don't I didn't think it would fly in the NDP subreddit. So I got like I like I got uh, some people liked it, but a lot of people criticized it in the comments, which I'm not like buggered by. But then a moderator contacted me be, and talking about how they try to keep this content out. And I was like, okay, sorry, just your rules are kind of ambiguous. So I, I won't do this in the future because I don't want to fuck up the subreddit. It was interesting that just this just posting a meme in this subreddit led me to talking to a mod. When you go to the U.S. conservative subreddit, it's fucking flooded with memes, but making fun of the other side, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, that's an issue with like nowadays right because it's a good way to get your audience to people and shit like that we're gonna get into fucking jugmeet singh's insane social media campaign it's not a bad like you know what i mean they need to utilize that like they're not they're in a different world now unless a fucking unless china launches an emp at emp at us and takes out all of our fucking technology it's here to stay for a while so this is going to be a medium that the conservatives if they ever want to have any standing with young people they need to utilize this and i'm not saying they have to fucking start TikToking and shit but they need to like you know what i mean like loosen up a little bit and let some of this kind of stuff in and i'm not saying there's anything wrong against trying to discuss the conservative issues of canada and stuff like that and i'm i'm personally of a philosophy of the balance in the government between that but sorry that was just my bit because like gummy bear knows i bitch about this all the time that nothing interesting happens on the conservative subreddit because all i do is discuss the issues and it's just <laughs> like it's important but it's not it doesn't what a make a weird thing for a conservative to do it's the most but it's like it's like it doesn't it's not really engaging exactly. where there's actually i know but the thing is on these on these a lot of these canadian polit- political and in, in reddit for canadian political humor like i see shit and i read a funny cartoon and i look into it like it's more engaging you're like oh like what do they mean by that and it's a good way to resonate with your audience and i know i'm just one person but i'm saying that as a complaint where i think that that's just a big area where they have a massive fucking gap all right well great segue yeah segue into the next candidate of cole's notes from shoveling all day 
I'm trying to think of a song to open up with because, like, you know, again, because of Drug Meat Sang's TikTok account. But I was like, I was only thinking of sea shanties, and I only remember two for some reason, even though I know more than that. <laughs> like, ah, not Drunken Sailor, not appropriate. Because, like, there's a story behind that, but. Welcome back to the next segment for a candidate that has more of an impression than a literal fucking ghost. Jug Meat Sing. Yeah, I don't even know what Aaron O'Toole sounds like. Just just from that, I don't even know what his voice sounds like. I don't think, does he have a voice? Does he, maybe he just speaks oh, through I'm sure his... there's videos out there. I just haven't seen them. I, I'm curious too. I, I want to see, well again, I want to see, maybe it was his voice in that Willy Wonka ad. I want to know. <laughs> like, again, I want to know the fucking ad, man. This is the find it. Strice and a sec. I, please do. Put, let's post it on our page. We I can't find anything. I'll find it somewhere. It's like a copyright thing. It got pulled for a copyright thing. Yeah, I'm, still, I'm still finding it. I know, but I just, again, I love it. I love nowadays, too. And this is what I mean. So you're, as a, just as one more point to the conservative thing, is that if they spent any time on social media, they might have been able to not have, like, a flop like that for a political ad. You know what I mean? Because they know what's going on. Because they're just out of tune. Alright, so Jugmeat Sing, and I want to clarify this. Oh, sorry. Jugmeat TikTok and Rick Rockin Sing is my nickname for him that I just invented <laughs> three days ago. As a quick clarification, his name is actually pronounced Jugmeat Sing, and he actually had like a. And I watched, his, I watched a TikTok roll of him, and I'll get into that in a bit, but it did actually make me think of somebody that appreciates someone being called by like their name, whatever fucking name you want to be called, that's fine, but just respecting that with people. His name is actually pronounced Jugmeat Singh and has a meaning in his culture that I don't remember, but it was just as like thought about as a mutual respect thing for humans. So I fuck it up because it's spelled Jagmeat. But yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck myself up here, but I'm gonna try my best. Jugmeat Singh was born in Canada, Ontario. He was sent to India for a year while his parents restabilized moving into the country. His dad was re was recently or sorry was previously a psychiatrist, uh, but he had to work as like a janitor while he re while he got recertified for shit in Canada. Mm -hmm. And his mom worked at a bank. Uh, his mom worked at the bank part time, and then he eventually returned to Canada shortly after. So he was only out of the country for like a year. He moved to Newfoundland to learn English in his early life. But eventually he went to the private he went to a private school in the US because of dealing with racism in the area they were living in. Oh. He's his entire life, he's he says this on the record, that he's dealt with racist profiling his entire life from people and cops. Uh and he also had problems at home because his dad was alcoholic and abusive, which he is revealed in a book. Oh. He when he was like a young 20-something-year-old, he earned a Bachelor of Science in Biology and then eventually went to law school. Oh, yeah, and I have a thing here. He had he went to more and harder schooling than Trudeau and John Jorgen Forgensen. <laughs> he was a criminal defense lawyer before entering politics. And when I say criminal defense, he was like a public... I think he was, it was like he was a public defender that also did cases where he's defending people against big businesses, like large corporations. And this is actually what spurred his interest in politics, where he kind of, because he was doing, he wasn't like a greasy criminal defense lawyer. He was doing one for like the common man that just gets fucked over by the laws and corporations. So yeah, that spurred his interest in politics. He ran for the federal NDP in 2011, and this is uh, starting his political career. He lost and then took a break from politics for like a little, I think a year or two. He ran for the leadership 
sorry. He ran for the leadership of the Ontario NDP and won using use and utilizing social media well, which was clarified in the um, encyclopedia entry I was reading about this. He was refused a visa to India over comments he made about the country's human rights record. Oops. And I just made this as a funny comment. Is and this is me? Good. This is me going at the low hanging fruit. Uh, while multiple blackface is okay, we're all thinking about it. Oh my god! <laughs> multiple blackface is all good, but he criticized the country's human rights record. And again, like Canada isn't perfect in that shit either. But he was denied a visa for that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm sorry here, and I have a note here. So in his first term of. First term as MMP, member of the provincial parliament in Ontario. He won, oh God, he won an award for like the, I think it was SEW Swert Seek of the Year Award. I might be butchering that, but that's why he couldn't get into India. So he was going there to accept the Seek of the Year Award. He didn't, couldn't, they wouldn't allow him a visa because they're passive aggressive. So he accepted it via a video. And in the Indian consulate in Toronto. Oh yeah, no, sorry. He And this was confirmed as the Indian consulate in Toronto said his visa was refused for his outspoken criticism. So this is confirmed by the Indian government themselves, which is just funny. His second term as MMP in Ontario, he maintained a seat but lost ground. He was outspoken about racially motivated issues. Uh, talking about how turban Sikhs being an exception to motorcycle helmet laws and police doing random spot checks on carding minorities. He became the deputy, deputy leader uh, in 2015 of the NDP. And after Tom Mulcair, the last portrait picture of politicians that the NDP had, got pwned in 2015, he was pwned so hard he had to step down as a leader and recover, recover from all the pwn damage in 2016. Jagmeet stepped up and took lead with a humble attitude and a stylish suit. I think that was, I think that might have been quoting that because I remember I left it for a reason. I don't think that was me being smart ass. I think that was an actual <laughs> quote in 2017. Or maybe it was a thing about him being well dressed. But again, just like this, this fixation on politics about how good looking a political candidate is, like that is not what's fucking important. Although it's helpful. They're pretty on the eyes. Like, uh, like I'm more, uh, maybe I'll pay more attention to politics if the, my politician makes me spluce a little bit. So he was over, overwhelmingly, oh yeah, he, and sorry. So he was overwhelmingly voted in in 2017, but he still wasn't super well known. But he went viral on like YouTube at a rally or maybe like whatever Canada's equivalent of viral is in our lower populated country. But he was at a rally where and there's a video of this online so i encourage anybody interested in drug meat saying like look this up because it's actually kind of the kind of composure you'd want in a leader and that's not doesn't really seem fake but he this lady was heckling him at a rally and she was being really racist she was calling him a muslim terrorist and saying he like wanted to destroy the country and all this kind of shit and instead of him just saying i'm not a muslim i'm a sikh he basically just responds in saying, like, because the crowd started jumping, his crowd started jumping in on this lady, like, oh, yeah, you're racist. He's like, hey, no, like, here, it's like free speech. Everyone has an opinion. Like, we're all allowed to express our opinion. So let's show, like, how we respond to this. We respond with love and courage. And an inclusive Canada, and the quote is, we believe in love and courage. An inclusive Canada where no one is left behind. We don't want hatred to ruin a positive event. 
So let's show how we would treat someone with love. Then he basically repeats, we welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you. And then everyone else is like, yes, we love you, we love you. And it's like, just, that's the kind of thing you want to do. Because everyone has the right to freedom of speech and express their opinion. But people that are dickbags and just like, give out hate, you love them back. And that pisses them off more. It's the best double-edged sword <laughs> that doesn't cut you. Because you're just being nice with niceness. And that's just, I think it was, and that made him viral. But that actually, I only learned about that this week. But I thought... Uh, yeah, that's like that. It's a genuine composure you want of a politician that doesn't seem as fucking fake as Justin Trudeau. And as a recurring theme is what we'll talk about, and when I go into drug meat saying, you'll find that he does have a lot more authenticity to him than Trudeau. Like Trudeau is kind of like a do nothing. He's done nothing his entire life, and now he's running a country. Drug meat team has actually like done stuff, and I'm not saying again. I'm not for identity politics. I'm not saying him being a Sikh man of color is like uh, is. A justification for him being prime minister and again i'm sorry i don't mean to sound so him happy or anything because i still am politically homeless i just i was more impressed with him than i thought i would be but he is going to be able to have an opinion on issues that like trudeau wouldn't really have in that kind of thing because he would have a different upbringing so he'll have a different perspective that doesn't qualify him but he will have a different perspective which i think is a fair argument and yeah and that's kind of where I mean, I want to give out a shout out to the previous coworker that taught me to love your foe no matter what because it pisses them off more. My uh, my 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 love, I cannot say from my previous uh, workplace, but bro, I love you. You taught me to love and to love my enemies and piss them off more, and I appreciate that. My time is cooking in Prince George. So here is Jagmeet, or sorry, Jagmeet Singh on his what he has kind of done throughout his career, which is also not very long, but longer than Aaron O'Toole's apparently. <laughs> he he's worked on housing and trying to build like low low income housing and just kind of increase the ha increase the housing for Canada's issue with that. He is the only leader that talks about taxing the rich, and I know that doesn't seem like a like yeah he he also he talks about he talks about taxing the rich, which is kind of like a nobody wants more taxes added, but he also talks about like closing up loopholes. Which I think is a more fair argument because loopholes are already used in bad faith. They're not meant, they're, it's getting around the rules. So plugging up, I'm more in favor of plugging up loopholes, which is something he's talking about and removing these kind of stupid like cutbacks they get. So, and he's the only candidate that's, that's talking about that, which is kind of something, I, again, I believe in loophole because he's the only one that does it. Uh, he hasn't really had any major scandals or major signs of like rich money grubbing politics on like Trudeau. But that could also be said because he hasn't had a long life in politics either. So, you know, the whole Batman thing, you live long enough to become a villain, which he just hasn't had an opportunity to yet. He is kind of running as a full populist and not where like the Green Party is, is kind of like the same, but focusing more on Greeno issues. He seems, I swing him more in the populist area because he is like more for what people need. Like the environment is a problem and he does have a whole platform for that. But he is really focusing on making sure people are kind of taken care of during the pandemic, making sure no one's losing their housing, and these kind of these general issues. Oh, you know, here's okay, sorry, one last thing, too, is I think he is, honestly, he does really want to make a positive difference. At least that's how he comes off. Like, he does sound like he's an idealist, and he does genuinely want to make a positive change. Now, me being shallow here is his hair looks really healthy, and his mustache is on point. <laughs> and I only know that because I watched 20 minutes of his TikToks, and we'll get into that. He also has amazing flower shirts from me skimming his social media, and I might steal some of them one day. He or he seems like a cool guy. I'm sure if I asked him, he'd give me one. 
<laughs> like, he just seems like a chill dude. Here are some of the bad things about Jagmeet Singh, or Jagmeet Singh. And these are things of him being a bit of a, bit of a politician. He opposed the pipeline, pipeline, or he opposed the pipe, a, a pipeline after remaining neutral for months and after all of his green on top. He hasn't really said much about the escalation of the burqa bans in Quebec, and I don't know enough to go do a deep dive into that, but I know what started as like a reasonable argument has turned into a bit more of a thing that's like, okay, it's like a mild ban on religion, so to speak, on forms of religion, which is not great in any country that we think where as Canada we have religious freedom in this country even if you don't agree with somebody they should be able to practice the religion they like if they're not causing harm to somebody but I don't want to go off on that but he, my point about this is that he doesn't really say anything about that for the same reason that none of the politicians say anything about that is because say it with me now they want Quebec votes <laughs> uh, and that's kind of where again this is a bit Jagmeet showing his politician. Uh, he also, again, says a lot of things, but he doesn't, he hasn't gotten a lot of things done, and you could argue that it's because of the, well, again, there's debates for that, too, because, like, serve got increased because of him, and some things the liberals have done have happened through working with the NDP, so in, the, in, the, in those cases, things have gotten done. But the biggest criticism of him, and I have to agree with this, is his solution to the majority of things is tax the rich. And while I'm for that, because he's the only one doing that, and this might just be him being not super experienced in politics, but it's like one of his main solutions. So I kind of, I wish I could hear more stuff on that. Here is some silly shit from Jagmeet Singh. Oh yeah, this is something I don't think that it makes him silly. This is something I think is silly about other people that bugs me as a separate tangent. But some people criticize him for his partisanship because they feel like it makes a full leadership less likely. Which I argue against because I'm like, I'm, I don't like, you don't, no one wants a partisan pancake, but you want to be able to work with people to get shit done. So, like, things have gotten done through him working together. So, I, I disagree with that argument, but that's something that came up more than once, which is the only reason I'm talking about it. Um, this is kind of silly. He was on that Bad Late Show with Lily Singh talking about Indian politics, and I'm just a bit embarrassed for him because I like, mean they couldn't get him on a talk show with a view count higher than his own TikTok followers. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch a compilation of his TikToks, some of them are fine, some of them are really fucking bad, and they're kind of hilarious if you just watch them one after another. And there's like, one point when he's using Kanye's Runaway in it, and I just don't know how legal it is. <laughs> What's TikTok? So I don't know. I don't know how TikTok works. I don't know because again, I don't want chat. I don't want the Chinese hacking my phone. And I just hope that if he does become a leader, he gets a separate phone for TikTok because you know we all know that they're going to be scamming that shit for political emails. As a this is a side note that also came up more than once, and I feel like this is a really unfair criticism of him. He comes up a lot in being heavily scrutinized over his position in Indian politics overseas. And I think this is just really unfair because okay, I don't nothing is I'm not sure I'm, I think I don't know if it's being openly said about this, but the main justification I think for this is because he's Sikh, so like maybe he has a foot because he has a foot in that race and because of his spirituality. But He's like, he mostly focuses on Canada. Like, he's not totally, he doesn't have his finger on the pulse and up the asshole of Indian politics. So I think expecting him to have that there when he's not, he's not even proclaiming, like, my specialty is foreign affairs. It's, like, literally his side focus because he's Canada focused. I feel like it's unfair to be like, oh, why are you more uninformed on this kind of stuff? 
unless we're going to expect that from all of our political candidates. And we don't see, I don't see Justin Trudeau or Aaron O'Toole being as heavily scrutinized over their position on this country overseas or their country of origin. That'd be like saying, that'd be like being like, Justin, what's your opinion on the French politics right now? Because your fucking ancestors started in Quebec and they came from fucking France. Like that's the same like stream of logic. You know what I mean? So it's like, and it would be a different thing if he was proclaiming, I'm well aware of the shit, but I don't think he is. It's that cat is beautiful. Gummy bear. But yeah, I don't think he is. So that's a bugs me. I just think is a bit of an unfair criticism of him because unless we expect that from all of our candidates now to just know everything about going on in every single country around the fucking <laughs> world at all times. Here's his current platform. And these are things a lot of them. Okay. Well, one of this first thing, most important one I agree with the legalization of psychoactive drugs. Let's get shrooms legal so I can trip fucking balls legally now. I know you're not, I know you can't have mushrooms, but I can. He wants to remove federal tax incentives so they can increase the building of low income housing. He wants to support the childcare policy, which I skipped on to doing details today because literally nothing can happen in an election until someone gets chosen. So we'll talk more about it maybe next month. But nothing can fucking happen until then, so I'll take that time to go through it thoroughly, hopefully. He wants to increase workers' rights and create jobs, environmental protection. He wants to do a coal phase-out and create green energy jobs, which I am in favor for. Because, again, like it's one thing to say halt coal, halt an industry like this and make it work. Phasing something out is more realistic because you have to, if an economy is built around a thing, you have to kind of, you can't just change it and expect everything to be fine. You have to phase that shit. He has a lot of, he talks a lot about healthcare stuff, particularly making meds free or prescription meds free and teeth or in sorry, dental care um, covered in Medicare. And this will be like the most reoccurring thing you hear about from him. He's talked a bit about indigenous reconciliation. Oh yeah, and he does like the typical identity politics support that all the politicians do. But what I like about him is that that's not his platform. Like, at no point, I don't think, as he said, I'm qualified to do this because I am a Sikh man of color. Which, I just, I hate that bullshit. Like, that's not, that's not a qualifier. That's just a description of how your biology is. And that's not, or in or your, your beliefs. And that's nothing to do with politics. So I like that he's not writing. He's just like, I'm just, I, here's what I want to do. And here's why I want to do it. So that just gets kind of a plus for me because it's some people try to pull that shit and it just doesn't really fly well. My final thoughts on him, though, is that he really does seem like he's just kind of a man of peace. Like he's more of the positive, peaceful approach of thing, to things. He does play the politics game as opposed to clearly taking a stance, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Kind of gets a bit of a boo for me. And he's not super experienced and he's only 42 years old. But that's not really that big of a thing because we let Trudeau be king of Canada when he was the same fucking age six years ago so I don't think that should disqualify Jody yeah. for that like if that age is irrelevant I also have a quick blurb here about their social media reviews because social media is important in these elections and they're very different and it's funny enough for that I decided to take fucking notes on it the first thing is going down Trudeau's social media and he is very Facebook based where Jugmeat is very not nearly as on Facebook there's a shit ton of pictures of Trudeau doing kitchen high fives, which is where you tap elbows, uh, which pisses me off because he's never worked in the kitchen, so he hasn't earned that right. 
kidding. <laughs> there's okay. There's one picture of him interrupting someone's meat restaurant meal, and it could have been like a fake cut, fake, but it also could have been a fake Justin Trudeau because he's wearing a mask. So it might have been like the actual lizard person that covers for him when he's off on vacation. Of course, there are a lot of pictures of him holding a mic in front of, in front of a gray curtain with like screens and back chart and screens and shit, and him lecturing the country like a boring teacher. And then knowing that he's a teacher by trade, that might make sense that that's what he's familiar with. He's like, I'm going to tell you how we're doing, like, a lecture. He's a shusher. He's a shusher. <laughs> uh, he might be liked internationally because he's kind of a blank slate, so you can kind of project whatever image you want on him. And he does a lot of French shit, and he has 8 million Facebook followers. Why that's relevant is because Jagmeet Singh has 35,000 Facebook followers. So it's like a fraction of it comparatively, and he's a lot less active, and he's like more into the TikTok. Yeah, I won't have that shit in my phone because again, I already said that. But I watched compilations on YouTube. It's some of them are cringy, funny, and some of them are funny. Yeah, and it's just interesting to uh, it's interesting because it's successful because the Reddit is like Reddit is very Jagmeet happy. And here is a uh, here's just a quick Reddit experiment I did here because I again. Just checking for activity on and where people are. So how like you find out unreliable polls and shit like that. So on Reddit in Ask a Canadian, because actual Canadian politics subreddit is like very, very, very restrictive on any kind of thing, political things, because shit gets out of hand, which makes sense during election times. So for Justin, this was three days ago or two days ago, two and a half days ago, I asked on Ask a Canadian, because I want to, I'm more of a functionalist. I want to know why things work and how we can improve them, not necessarily what exactly is wrong with it. Like, how can we make it better? But I asked, what do liberals like about Justin Trudeau? So here, sorry, here's what came up for people that you're just like, here's a couple of comments I thought were a bit insightful about what people actually like about Trudeau without just, again, just taking pot shots. Uh, most people, the thing that came up is that he's like the devil we know, and he's not a social conservative. Which nobody really seems to be conservative happy, except for some parts. I don't know, again, like Doug Ford's conservative and he's in Ontario, so I don't know how I don't have enough fucking the works in other parts of Canada. <laughs> Obviously, the Midwest of oh, fuck, sorry, the prairies are um, very conservative. Uh someone pointed out below in this can be quoting a comment here, Canada's mostly a social progressive country, but different regions of the country have different ideas of what that means. There's a lot of regional identities that don't want a version of social conservatism and social conservatism imposed on them at a federal level. And now some of those regional identities might endorse aspects of social conservatism and they're popular in their regions, but other parts they don't agree with. So it's like very splintered. And that makes sense where I think that most of Canada is like liberal and they are bits of like people are like conservative on different things. Like I'm probably more conservative on like gun ownership and shit like that because I think it's fine where it is. And I don't think we need more regulation. But then I'm also very like social programs and like we're like you know, homeless shelters and crap like that. And a lot of people also vote based on, like, the person in their writing because it kind of becomes a thing, too, where you don't want to be the voting against something that's not going to win, which is totally, like, a thing that people vote for. Or I think it's called fencing voting or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then what's interesting about this is that, so in three days, it only got 37 upvotes on Ask a Canadian Reddit. Now, in a day and a half, so I posted this a whole day later because I didn't want to get flagged for like trying to just farm up votes because I do genuinely want to know this question. 
Second thing I asked is, how do what do NDP voters like about Jagmeet Singh? A lot of people in this one answer saying that they like his character. They like that he's kind of running as a populist and he's work he's want focused on social issues. Or like sorry, not social issues like, you know, like housing and like clean drinking water and crap like that. And another big thing is that because he seems like an actual human. He doesn't seem like a politician. Sometimes he does, but he's also just he acts like a fucking human sometimes. Uh and in this time though, though, and like with one day less with one day less than Justin, it got sixty-six upvotes as opposed to Justin's 37. So Reddit's very NDP active because then that goes to what Jagmeet Singh's been saying about his, like he's been, he's been working hard on a social media campaign. And that makes sense to me as a final thing. And that kind of my tangent on there, because my dad always has this joke that when I was 20, I wouldn't know what to vote for. He's like, you're 20, just vote for the NDP. And it's <laughs> funny because that's like, that's who their demographic is. The whole idealistic, oh, we're going to fix everything. And so there's a bit of truth in there. And so if he's marketing himself this way, that's accurate or that that's, he knows his base. So I think he's, I think he's running like a smart race, uh, which I thought was interesting. Nah, fuck, let's get it. Let's just go and take a break. Talk to you in a bit. Sorry. from all day. So sit down, sit down, sit Welcome down. back to the Canadian Powercast election, pre-election special. And for our, we're going to talk about our final candidate for the 2021 September election called by a uh, politician just trying to reaffirm his power. And who has my vote? Gummy Bear. Gummy Bear for president. We want Gummy Bear for president of Canada. So Gummy Bear. Starting off here in your uh in your bi- in your bit of a political bio here, where were you born? Right here on Vancouver Island. Oh, really? Cool. And uh, where were you born? In a hospital or a factory? I was made in a in a you know candy factory because it's uh, fortunately what I am. You know the. There was a mismatch of gummy bears one day, and we were all thrown out, and they all melted together to make me some kind of, you know, someone cut their hand on the edge of a of a container while they were throwing out the mismatched gummy bears, and it mixed in with some water and mm. the sun and just the right amount of, of magic, and... Um, now here I am. And like so some kid like made a wish on a star and then a melted gloop of sugar and corn star and corn syrup just like And blood. And blood melded into the fluffy pink gummy bear that I, I have currently sitting in front of me. That's right. Interesting. Interesting. So what was your early life like? Um, well, I came into being and uh I gotta tell you that was a really confusing time. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't realize that I was made of gelatin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to. Um, I was I was nearly eaten immediately by the raccoons. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of raccoons like on uh, Vancouver Island. It's a recurring issue here in our communities, especially the werewolf raccoons. 
so yeah, I had to, I had to learn everything and uh... just grew up on the streets as a poor gummy bear. That's right. The hard knock life <laughs> for the gummy bear. You know, the the hardest part was learning how not to be completely sick. Mm. And what did you have? What did you do for early jobs in your uh, in your career? When, because surely you're not just you didn't just become magically come to life, live be a homeless person, and running for public office. You must have worked a job in between somewhere. Uh, well, you know, um, for a long time I was used for display purposes. Oh, in a store window. That was that, that was mm-hmm. your job. Yeah, that's good. Because you know, like how better to sell candy than have a have a giant label. Yeah, that makes sense. And you're like talking, you talk to the kids and lower them in, and it wouldn't be like creating a mascot to like get kids to smoke. It's candy, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. That that sounds like an interesting career. You probably got a lot of people skills doing that. Uh, and then where did what sparked your political career? What has been uh, what what made you want to get invested and start your own political party as uh, voting yourself in for president? Uh, well, you know, just the last podcast. I decided to do mm, that, and uh, now here we are. That's when, and now we have the Gummy Bear for President Party of Canada. That's right. That's right. I agree. I, I, and I suppose we'll GBPP. I, I, fully, I fully endorse this party. <laughs> well, let's then maybe quickly get into your uh, your track record here. Now, obviously, we couldn't have you assess this because that you're you're you'd be biased towards yourself. Yeah. So I have I have compiled a history of Gummy Bear's deeds and mis- her, her good, her, her bad, her and her silly. <laughs> uh, because I'm an unbiased source. So, here's starting with the good. Is Gummy Bear has never killed anybody that I know of. In 2010, Gummy Bear organized a charity campaign for teeny weeny babies suffering from unstable housing. Or the TB, TBH for short. Teeny weeny baby helps for short. Okay, still breaks my heart. Uh, Gummy Bear is not a fan of Nickelback. That's that's a big plus. Uh, Gummy Bear fought to remove the Canadian cotton tax, which created many jobs and industrial stuffed animal plants. And Gummy Bear is a firm supporter of healthy eating and nutrition. So Gummy Bear owns a cherry farm in southern BC where she runs summer camps for slow moose calves. And she has been a devout supporter of the new Sikh religion in Canada for uh, three weeks now. That's one. And that's one. The, the spiritual mossy stone of BC. May he guide us. Uh, unfortunately, the bad, though, with Gummy Bear. So, Gummy Bear's charity has been accused of prejudice and, consi- and consistently denying jellyfish teeny beanie babies from housing in your shelters. I won't even deny it. Fuck, fuck the jellyfish. Okay, well, very anti-jellyfish. That's, that might not be good for the jellyfish voters out there. So oh, I don't care. About the jellyfish voters. Okay. In uh, 2012, you were caught accepting a $100,000 donation to your charity from the Canadian cotton industry in exchange for some crockpot recipes. And uh, no comment. Okay. They were really good at recipes. Okay. And uh, gummy bears, pet cats say she does not give them an equal amount of pets and belly rubs. So obviously a very capitalistic uh, divvying of pets and belly rubs in uh, the in the ship of Gummy Bear, unfortunately. Any comment? Uh, 
take that responsibility. And now here's some silly things to make Gummy Bear more relatable to anybody that would like to vote for President Gummy Bear. So, Gummy Bear was seen eating craft dinner out of an open garbage can in my neighbor's parking lot. When was that? When was it? Do you have proof? I, I saw it. Oh, it was seen by you? Yeah, it was seen by me. I witnessed it. My neighbor mentioned it to me on Facebook. Uh, Gummy Bear once traded Nicolas Cage a fossilized, a fossilized grizzly paw for two shrunken pygmy heads. Yeah? He's a, well, What's he, wrong with that? He has no money anymore, so now he has to, he's a bar, it's a bartering thing. It's a bartering, bartering economy for dealing with Nicolas Cage now. Uh, Gummy Bear has a collection of rare books and seven diaries of Stephen King footnotes for the book It. And uh, Gummy Bear is half Quebecer, but mostly a stuffed animal. So there's that. I'm gelatin. And gelatin. And. To save money on showers, Gummy Bear just hops in the washer with the crew's clothes. Well, I fit. Wouldn't you? It's fair if I could. And uh, that's the that's the shimmy on Gummy Bear. So just a quick closing out thing here. What is your uh, what's your platform for the future of uh, Canada? Free candy for everyone. Because mm. I don't want any competition. Because we invaded, and it's because of also because we, uh, if the country gets diabetes, we have a patent on insulin because of the bro that invented it. Sure. It's a diabetic conspiracy. Any other, and is there anything else, any other serious issues running on your platform? How do you feel about legalized heroin? No. Legalized mushrooms? No. Semi-automatic matter firearms? Yeah. Mm. The right of freedom of speech on the internet. Yeah. How do you feel about Justin Trudeau with a beard? No. How do you feel about him freshly sheared? No. He ain't it. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, Andrew Aaron O'Toole's kind of weird smile? Aaron O'Shear. Aaron O'Shear's. Oh, God, they're fucking saying something. Let's <laughs> move on. How do you feel about uh, how do you feel about your opponent uh, Jagmeet Singh, who has obviously resonated more with the uh, youth crowd than you have in recent uh, recent times? He's just only, he's just had a head start. Fair enough, and uh, that's closing out. So uh, Gummy Bear for President. If you want to uh, vote for the Gummy Bear for President party, look on your pallet ballots for Gummy Bear for President. And uh, no, vote no, no, for it. I'm a write in. Just write it in. Just write it in. Just like write Gummy Bear for President on your ballot, check it off, and send it in. And the votes will come to us, and we'll make Gummy Bear President of Canada. And uh, we're going to have a quick segue here, because we're already at a fuck ton of time, because I over-researched for this shit. We're going to close out with Captain's Kitchens and some closing notes for uh, the future of CPC over the next year. Uh, so stay tuned. Shoveling all day. And we're back. Firecast with Captain's Kitchen. So, so fucking hungry and very, very excited for these monthly donuts. Are you Gummy Bear? Yeah. So, here, I'm going to give you this box here to pick from. And uh, here's, okay. here's your choice. Don't drop one, please. So, 
You have the one with the chocolate wafer sticking out of it is Neapolitan with a chocolate and vanilla cream in the middle of it and a strawberry icing around it. That one is a yeast and brioche bun. We also have the other yeast and brioche is peach raspberry, which is seems to be like kind of the peach raspberry glaze on top, garnished with little jelly sugar orange thingies, those orange slice things. And then this month's old-fashioned cake donut is Rainbow Sherbert. And then on the side, we're also uh, we're also judging the cooler this month to see how uh, as a, as the regular donut of the month. And I'm gonna start off with the cooler because it is gummy bear. Gummy bear hates watching coolers while she eats her first donut here. I love Cruller so much. They're so soft and it, it's weird. Like the inside texture is like kind of gross, but kind of delicious for some reason. They have chocolate glazed ones too, like a little bit dipped, but I just love the softness and sponginess of it. Like it's really, I don't know. It's just amazing. Like I, I love the texture and I think Cruller's are, they're not anything special in the flavor of anything. They're just all pure texture, but I love just how weird they are too, because they have like the, they look like a giant tire on a cat's like lifter or some shit with the grooves in it. And I don't even understand how that happens because I can't imagine you'd be piping in it. So I want to know what creates those like weird lines. Uh, so yeah, I just, I love them as a donut like that. It's like kind of a basic soft thing. And I, I think Carillo's are very divisive though because I know a lot of people don't like fully like them. And that's my that's my whole thing on that. Gummy bears taking like ten million small bites of the Sherbert one. <laughs> like, what's up with that gummy bear? Just like taking like a million nibbles. I'm just trying to prevent things falling off, but it seems a little inevitable. <laughs> I don't like crullers because they they just feel like they're not cooked. <laughs> and I, it is gross to me. It's a texture thing for sure. It's funny because that's what I like about them. Is that they're raw? <laughs> gross. So how do you feel about the um, old-fashioned sherbet? It's pretty good. Not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's kind of, like, fruity, but it's not very, it doesn't, like, strike me as, like, super sherbert to you know what I mean? See, I was going to go the other way with that and say that I'm surprised, and it reminds me of sherbert with the tasting of it. Like, it has that weird acidic aftertaste that sherbert has. So, like, I... <laughs> Completely different opinion. Yeah, very different. Awesome. I Like, I wouldn't order, because I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of sherbert. But I want to I want to give him points for that. Like I, I haven't seen this one yet, so this is I think this is a new creation for him. So props. But yeah, I thought it would taste less like sherbet, and it tastes more because like I don't know for me, I always I, know, I always think sherbet has a bit of like an acidic aftertaste. Uh, I liked it though. I like all the donuts, so I'm very fucking biased on this. Unlike you know profiling my co-host. So what's the next one that you want to try, Gummy Bear? Um, I guess I'll try the Neapolitan. Although it looks like it, I just how do you eat this? With your actually? mouth, just like Dude. open your mouth as wide as you can, and just like try to take a deep, deep. I'm not a snake though, so like that's difficult. Fair. 
I'm going to go into this as a separate note for Captain's Kitchens. We have to wrap stuff up today because I, I took way too long, longer than I meant to. But a new segment we want to start doing on the in this segment of the show is um, Kitchen Basics or CPC KB. Because, and we have a story for this later as a bit of an anecdote, or Gummy Bear does. But it's uh, come up that, like, if you are unfamiliar with cooking and you've never done it, it's even doing like a recipe that we would think is kind of basic because we both cook by profession. It can just seem daunting and alien to you, which is why, like, there's an arise of, like, these HelloFresh and these, like, by the like cook by numbers meals and getting arrived to your door. So as much as I want to talk about other recipes too, I think it is important to talk about like the absolute basics for anybody that maybe is not on a like a similar level to us or like less so, so that they can just get their started on it. Um so and I'll we'll go into that in a second here, but Gummy Bear's making a bunch of faces, so how do you feel about the Neapolitan? I don't like it. I do not like it. Mm. So to be fair, this wafer has been in this box for a few hours so this is supposed to be a crispy wafer and we ate it like a few hours late because of this uh, to be defensive depending on that the cream doesn't taste super different and let's see strawberry icing hmm. okay so the icing is very strawberry Strawberry. I'm trying to move some of the cream now from the uh, from the center onto the uh, icing. Yeah, it just sounds just like chocolate and strawberry. Yeah. Fortunately, not like a not like a regular Neapolitan. I'd say it might just be in the design because when I saw them do this one, they had somebody that. They have a cream that's like pre-made and they scoop it on fresh. They have a couple that are in the window just for like the window sake. But they but yeah, these uh the cream is uh scooped on pretty fresh. And like that's the problem with like any kind of large amount of cream mix, that's kinda of like a half and half thing. Through enough scoopings will kind of get melded into one. And the problem with chocolate and vanilla as flavors is that if you mix them both, if you eat them separately, you taste one and the other. But if you eat them at the same time, or they're mixed heavily, you just taste the chocolate. And that's it. So, it's, uh, yeah, like the Neapolitan actually wasn't as uh, as amazing as I wanted it to be, because I, I like Neapolitan ice cream. Uh, how, was, uh, how was the peach raspberry kind of here? It's pretty good. I think I really like raspberry. Mm-hmm. Well, the candies are a smart things. Glazes too. are really good. Mm-hmm. No, they almost always nail their glazes. Like the Neapolitan one nailed the strawberry glaze. But I would have maybe said that if I was gonna be hypercritical, I'd be like, maybe skip the vanilla part and just be like raspberry strawberry and chocolate. Yeah. I think it would have been stronger because Every weird, every other flavor you add in there kind of takes from everything else. And the strawberry glaze is really good, and the chocolate seemed a bit light, but it was again, like cut with vanilla. But like a for effort because it was just like it was still kind of it's still relatively good. It just wasn't really my favorite. Super digging this was uh, peach strawberry one though. 
the ASML. Yeah. Same here. Happy to do that. So, yeah, the. Oh, yeah. So, this one has like a white icing or yellowish icing on here that's peach flavored. And it actually is just, just in there. Like, there's no raspberry in that. So, there's like a red drizzle over it and gives a nice, like, nice little lines on it. And that has a strawberry thing. So, it is two separate icings on there. Yeah. It once. So this is a good example of this. Like, if the strawberry was like this, like, imagine a strawberry majority icing with some chocolate drizzled on that shit. Maybe if you want to do a cream one, do the cream thing too, but I think that would have been stronger than the full Neapolitan. Mm -hmm. I'd have another bite of that because that was so good. <laughs> All right, so. We thought this would be a good idea for starting at the very basics because if somebody doesn't understand the absolute basics of cooking, then like it's gonna be really daunting. So I made this to be like a bit of a mini series to do within Captain's Kitchens, and I want to talk about formatting at the end of this episode in like a couple minutes here. But just as a starting thing here, very I don't want to give input on this as somebody who's had the same kitchen utility set in our house for fifteen years. So. I think that the absolute minimum thing you really need to do the majority of cooking stuff is 10 things and it you can even get away without a couple of them but this is just to make the most amount of general things. A measuring cup set and a teaspoon and tablespoon set as two separate things uh, just for gauging amounts of stuff you want to bake or kind of make general recipes if you're not good at eyeball it I think it's really helpful. A wooden spoon and a scraping spatula for different reasons. You want a wooden spoon because when you're sauteing something or cooking something in a pot, a wooden spoon is great for scraping the bottom of the pot so you don't get burnt stuff on there and maybe it's get like a little bit of char going on or caramelization. But that's, wooden spoons are really important. Like it's not as good to saute with like a regular spatula. However, if you want to make anything like involving a sauce or whatever, spatula is the best way to get every last little bit of it into a thing or same when you're stirring or doing some kind of baking. Also a whisk, and that's important for again making sauces, but also for sifting flour because it's a bit of a misconception that I was taught in school that to sift flour and aerate it to make sure that your baked goods are more crunchy, you have to put it through a whole like aerated mesh thing. Bullshit, you don't do that. You can fucking get away with this with a fork if you don't even want to get a, a whisk, but a whisk, you just like sift your flour with a fork and like break it up and break up the big bunches and it works up perfectly for that. And then a whisk is just good though because you won't be scraping the bottom of the pot with jagged edges because of the curves on it unless it's like a special pan. The I'm gonna clarify that like everyone should also I think have a pot and a frying pan and these are all very different and just because it gets confusing and wording sometimes with things. So a pot has high metal sides and they're also constantly referred to as saucepans but they are the same fucking thing. Right yeah. It's like, I find that so annoying. Yeah, because a saucepan, you think it sounds like a frying pan, but it's really not. It, saucepan just means a pot, and a pot is any metal thing that heats in the bottom and has high metal sides. You can also have shorter metal sides, but the whole point is like the rigid right angle upward metal sides is what makes a pot. And the, uh, the other side of that, though, is a frying pan, which is low curved sides that are like curved upward in a wider angle because it's meant to just kind of like shift it around with one hand or move stuff around easily so it curves kind of like a cool skate park like how tony hawk if you shrunken down you'd like skate in your frying pan and like do some sick moves up there i don't know shit about skating 
But that's just the that's the difference between the two, and they're both good for different types of cooking. But as a very basic thing in the kitchen, I think they're both important. And as for frying pans, a nonstick is best, but you can get away with other other metal ones too. If you take care of a steel one, you can get good results with that. You need a flipper spatula, and that'll be more for your frying pan stuff and kind of any kind of cooking thing like that for flipping your stuff. And also a metal or plastic mixing bowl. Just having different sizes helps, but it's not necessary. If you have one or two, that's like enough. And then also a baking pan, which is just a long, thin tray that you put in the oven and bake like this. And for anybody in our audience that obviously is a regular cook or any kind of thing, they know that this is all very basic level shit. But it's, yeah, like if you don't know something, if you've never been taught something your entire life, everything might seem daunting, right? So I think it's important just to kind of go over basics about this kind of stuff too. Gummy bear, like in a minimalist kitchen before we close out here, what do you think about what do you think about the uh, items I just listed off as like bare minimum kitchen essentials and you can make a lot of things just from those 10, 10 things. Yeah. That's true. Okay. I think my brain stopped working, so... No, it's okay. I'm going to leave it off for silence on there because I want my... I just want that sting left on me. As a couple extra things I was going to bring up to closing out, if you want to upgrade your sets further and other tier stuff, I'd say a liquid measuring cup is awesome for if you're doing larger quantities of things. You can get away with it with smaller ones, but if you're doing like a large amount of stock... Oh, yeah, they are very handy, but not essential. I'd say measuring cups is more are more important than a liquid measuring cup, but it's super fucking handy. There's also muffin tins, if you're into that, and a beater, either be electric or um, one of those hand crank ones. Yes, gummy bear? Oven mitts. Oven mitts. Okay, shit, that should have been an essential one, too. Fuck. Okay, 11 things. Well, okay, I edited it on. It's okay. No, that's a thank you, but that's a good point. So yeah, these eleven things are kind of I think the most basic things to start any kind of cooking. So any listeners that just don't know that kind of have no idea and everything seems daunting, it's really not. Just ten things, and you can kind of cook a lot of stuff with that. And for the majority of our recipes, we'll try to offer any recipes we give. We'll try to offer a met like how to do that with these limited things, so that it can you can learn how to make it because you don't need high in the kitchen equipment to make good food if you just make good food on a regular basis it just makes things easier and i did have a couple things i want to close out with here just some one little bit more soapbox thing for me to go on <laughs> but just want to explain this for the future of canadian pirate cast as we go forward into the next year because school's starting again for me anyway and for anybody else going to school so I want to just kind of ask anybody that's been awesome and listening to us through the summer of COVID, just try to be patient. Just please be patient because it's all, a lot of this will be, I do like the majority of the editing right now and the writing and the writing and stuff for these shows. So Gummy Bear is going to be taking on like a lot of this and she's going to be learning how to edit and stuff like that. So there'll be, there, there'll be, there might be some jank in the coming weeks, but we're going to do our best to maintain our schedule, as we said, which was just two mainline CPC episodes a month, and then one maybe extra episode of something fun. And that just means that they might be a little bit shorter with whatever I can handle, but I also might be able to integrate shit too, because if I have uh, something is interesting enough in school, I think I might be worth teaching to people for free. Like, here's what I learned, and here's the information for free. Hell yeah. And I also just want to 
update. I want to do a format change for Captain's Kitchen because I think this is be a bit more streamlined because we do like it's kind of a shit show. And we do a lot of different stuff in there. So at the very least, for our two mainline episodes in Captain Ki- Captain's Kitchen, once a month we'll do a local food review of a place, probably usually Big Bud Donuts because it's my favorite. But other places too. If I went to other places and I'll tack that on and be like, here's what I thought about it, and here's like how it was good or bad. And the other Captain's Kitchen of the month will be kind of what's cooking. What do you mean? Uh, basically a recipe that I've been going through in the month and trying to make that I think is awesome or I think is worth sharing. And maybe, and hopefully like an easy thing too is like a kitchen's basic because we also want to do have Gummy Bear's Takeover, which is Gummy Bear leading the kitchen segment, which because every now and then she has stuff to say about that too, especially about pineapple. And <laughs> also the CPCKB or CPC Kitchen Basics. And yeah, so I think that I think it would be kind of better for streamlining kind of what's uh, for the format of our episodes. And that's kind of all I really had to say about that. And I just want to say thank you for listening today. If anybody, Gummy Bear, any closing remarks, statements, thoughts? Gummy Bear for president. Gummy Bear for president. Yes, mega. So, kidding. Gabama. Gabama. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I Terrible think... acronym. That's not, we're not using that one. That's no. not, that's not, that's not as catchy as MAGA. See, yeah, Trump beat you with that. He definitely came up with, I think, uh... it, was Ra- I think it was Reagan's event, actually, originally. I might be wrong about this, but I think that Make America uh... Great Again was originally Reagan's slogan, and Trump ripped <laughs> yeah. it off. Oh, why? Why, is that, why is that controversial? It's, it's not the first not... thing you ripped off. Anyway, I'm. I don't care about like all this is my junk food. I'm just, and historically, if, if I'm going to Google this after if it's true, then I don't feel bad about this. But yeah, pretty sure it was Reagan's slogan first. So go vote and shit. We'll talk about more stuff. Probably we'll probably do a movie episode next week. Bye. Oh yeah, don't be afraid. Be aware. Gonna say something else so I don't sound like a complete asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I get so already, every time we try to say goodbye, we end up just talking it, for like ten more minutes. Just say it. Say anything else. Something random. So sit down, sit down, sit down. Slow relax. That's our show. Take care. In a couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling out the way it won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast. We appreciate your attention. Please reach out to us on our Canadian PirateCast email, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Like, sub, share. You know the drill. We love it when people reach out with comments or feedback. We also have personal social media accounts if you want another meaningless Facebook friend or a silly Instagram account to follow. Be good to yourself. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye.